Looking at our world from a theological perspective, this is the Theology Central Podcast, making Theology Central. Good morning, everyone. It is Friday, October the 14th, 2022. It is currently 1023 a.m. Central Time. Yes, you can hear me. Do you hear me pausing? Do you hear me kind of... Do, do you, because because I I don't I don't want to do this I don't want to do this, ladies and gentlemen I don't want to do this live broadcast of any broadcast that I've done recently. This is the one I don't want to do because I'm ready to be done with this entire series. But 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 we have to finish it, right? We started it. We have to finish it. That that's what they tell you if you start something, you finish something. Okay. Whoever came up with that idea, okay, now I'm knocking things across the room. Okay, yes, yes, I don't want to do this. Yeah, sit right here. I'm hitting, I'm hitting the wall. I'm knocking my microphone over. Yes, I, I'm, I'm going to find some way to make this broadcast come to an end. I'm, I'm, going, I'm going to hijack this broadcast and just stop it. But, so, obviously, whoever came up with the idea that if you start something, you finish something was had no idea that this podcast series would exist. Because if they were listening to this podcast series, they would be like, you know what, forget that whole, if you start it, you finish it. They would be like, nope, stop it and go find something better to do with your life. That That's how I feel right now. But let's try this again. Are you ready? Okay. All right, here we go. Deep breath. Here we go. I know what you're saying. You're being overdramatic. No, clearly. If you've been with us for this series, you know I'm not being overdramatic. You know I'm not. All right, here we go. Are you ready? Let's try this again. Welcome, everyone. It is Friday, October the 14th, 2022. It is currently 1025 a.m. Central Time, and I'm coming to you live from the Theology Central Studio, located right here in Abilene, Texas. Well, right here next to me, I have Bibles, but I don't need the Bibles. I don't need them, which is kind of sad to say when what we're doing in this series is reviewing sermons that was preached at a youth conference. But I can honestly say I don't need a Bible reviewing these sermons because the Bible really doesn't have anything to do with these sermons. Oh, yes, they reference a scripture here or there. Yes, they may read from a scripture, but the reality is they're not preaching the scripture. The reality is they're not teaching the scripture. The reality is they're just using the scripture as a launching point to put forth their ideas that in many cases contradicts the very scripture that they have given us. It has been literally insane to listen to these sermons. But if you are new to this series, this is like part 13, so... Welcome, but um, if you ha- if you haven't been listening, let me explain what's going on. In the summer of 2022, at a church in Indiana, a youth conference occurred. According to them, it's one of the most influential youth conferences in the country, and the youth conference has been going on for like 50 years. It's influential. It's important. So I thought, you know what, let's let's review the sermons. I mean, let's at least get an idea what is being taught to young people at an influential youth conference. That, that should be interesting, right? And then in my mind, it would go like this. They would take a passage of scripture. They would preach that scripture to the young people. We would review it and we'd be like, okay, here's, here's how they interpreted the scripture. Here's our interpretation of the scripture. And this kind of gives an idea of what they think is important for young people to know. So we would still be able to dig into scripture and we would get some insight into what's going on in the church and in the world of Christianity in 2022. I thought we could accomplish a lot. 
Well, guess what? It hasn't gone to plan. One, they haven't really offered an interpretation of Scripture because in many cases they just, I don't even know why they're even using Scripture. They've ignored it. Two, what they're teaching young people is so utterly bizarre and crazy that sometimes I don't even really understand the point they're trying to make. It has just been insane, but we have gone through sermon after sermon after sermon after sermon, and now we've reached, I think this may actually be, there may be one more, but I think this is the final message of the youth conference, and let me tell you, this one has been insane. The text supposedly is Revelation chapter 12. They only read it, spent about three seconds there, and then left Revelation chapter 12 immediately. They didn't bother to do anything with Revelation chapter 12. If you look at Revelation chapter 12, there's obvious questions. Who is the woman? Who is the child? When did the, when did the dragon pull uh, down a third part of the stars from heaven and bring them to earth? When did that occur? Do we understand Revelation chapter 12 in some kind of chronological order? Because if it's chronological order, the dragon doesn't pull a th- third part of the stars from heaven until after the child is born. So how do we understand this? I, like there's so many questions. He didn't even bother to address any of those questions. He ignored the actual text, just said, we're going to talk about Satan, and then went into bizarro world. Everyone is demon-possessed. Everyone. Selena Gomez, demon-possessed. Ariana Grande, demon-possessed. I can't remember. Other people. Everything is demon-possessed. Everything. And Satan can basically kill you whenever he wants. Um... Celine Dion, yes, that was the other one. She's demon-possessed. Everyone is demon-possessed. Um, it's, it's, just, it's just been this like crazy teaching about supposedly Satan. Uh, oh, even in the Bible, the young kids who, who yelled at the prophet about being bald and was eaten by bears, they were demon-possessed, even though the Bible does not in any way, any way shape, or form even insinuate that. They were demon-possessed. Basically, everyone in the world is demon-possessed, basically, by the time we, where, where we stopped in the sermon. It has been crazy. It has been insane. It has been, it's been bizarre. It's been absurd. It's been sad. It's been depressing. It's been discouraging. And it makes me feel like that someone needs to find these young people and get them some counseling um, to, and get them away from Christianity because this form of Christianity cannot be helping anyone. And, and, and I don't want to meet, be that negative, but that's how bad it's been. And I think a lot of people who've been listening, they, I mean, they, they've used words that they're traumatized by how bad this has been. Um, and so this was never the, it was never the original intent for this to go. I mean, I really thought it was going to be a more positive experience. Remember, when we, whenever I review sermons, I don't listen to them first. That's a good thing and it's a bad thing because in this particular case, this would have been so bad, I don't think I would have even reviewed anything. I would have been, what's the point? It's that bad. But in a roundabout way, I'm glad everyone's getting to hear how bad it is because, well, they claim it's the most influential youth conference in the country. But it just calls into question, what is the church teaching young people? What is happening in the world of youth ministry when it comes to young people? What should be taught? And we've raised that question. But I'm sitting here now. I have, I have the rest of the sermon queued up. We're at basically at the 28-minute mark. We're 28 minutes left to go. 28 minutes and 44 seconds. He's talked about demons, demons, demons. We found out that Satan specifically only goes after children. He, that's what he goes after. Um, 
he ha- he he has a hatred for children, or that's his specific target. Like once you get older, I guess you're less of a target, but when you're younger, you're more of a target. It, it seemed like Satan can basically kill you whenever you want, but for some reason he hasn't killed all the young people. Now he's going to go to abortion, which I'm assuming is again Satan's attempt to kill all the young people. So if Satan's attempt to kill all the young people, I don't know why all the young people aren't dead. I mean, there's so many questions and logical fallacies going through this sermon that it would take a a year to just take them all apart. But we're going to go back and we're going to listen to what he has. What, what, well, I don't, if you ask me, what is the point of his sermon? I don't really know yet. I guess the point of his sermon is Satan is out to get you, young people. Satan is out to get you and it's everywhere. So get rid of your phone. Don't watch any movies. Don't listen to any music. Don't go anywhere. Don't do anything because Satan is literally everywhere and he wants to kill you. That's basically what we've been given so far. And he's preaching this to obviously kids who go to church. I mean, he's preaching to, to, I mean, it's a youth conference. These are kids brought there by churches. So most of the kids would be professing believers. But I guess he's telling professing believing young people who profess to be Christians, hey, Satan is going to kill you and you just need to just cut off all contact with everything. I basically go find a monastery to live in. And and I know he would say, that's not what I'm saying. But the logical conclusion of what he has said in this sermon, that would be the only conclusion you could arrive at. But here we go. We go back to Indiana from the summer of 2022. We think this is the final sermon preached at the youth conference. 28 minutes to go. There's no easy way to eat. There's no, I can't just ease into this. There's no smooth transition. I always say this. We're just going to walk to the edge of the pool and jump in. Please go back and listen to everything in the series. And you say, but you're telling me all the sermons are horrible. Yes, but you need to hear what's happening in the church. I don't want to do this. Oh, I don't want to do this. You think I'm exaggerating. I really don't. There's so many things we could talk about today. But we have to talk about this. So we're going to finish it. I don't need my Bibles. I've thrown my Bibles to the side. I mean, I'm hoping maybe at some point we can actually talk about Scripture. But right now, we're basically on a full-blown conspiratorial rant. Paranoid, paranoid. Now you're saying you don't believe in Satan. I believe in Satan. I believe in Satan. I just believe you got to have a biblical perspective and not lose your absolute mind. But here we go. And if you're going to talk about the music of the culture in 2022, I don't know why he's running around talking about Old Town Road for Little Nas X, Ariana Grande, Celine Dion, Selena Gomez. I mean, give me a break. I mean, we want to talk about albums of 20, I mean, well, why, I mean, why wouldn't he talk about the 2022 release of the Beyonce album? I mean, Beyonce was like the queen of the Illuminati. Christians were running around screaming about her a few years ago. Drake released an album. I mean, like, I, I mean, if you need, hey, youth speakers, if you're going to talk about music, talk about what's current. Don't talk about what was, talk about what is, but okay, that, that that's just gets, Never mind. I'll just, my frustration the church is so out of touch that whenever it tries to act like it's in touch, it only looks, well, out of touch. But okay, here we go. Are you ready? Let's go. Back to this youth conference. <clears throat> it's bad. I'm hoping. And I truly mean this now. 
you're, you're, you're hearing some of my emotion, but now I'm going to set aside my emotion. I truly hope that in the last 28 minutes and 44 seconds of this sermon, that he will find, find a way to get us to scripture and give them a very biblical, gospel-based, theologically sound message to send them home with. Because up to this point, this conference has been horrible. And if you've listened to my reviews, you know I've tried to give them the benefit of the doubt over and over and over and over again, even when people listening are like, no, if you give him the benefit of the doubt, you're literally changing what he's saying. But I was still trying. But at this point, I've reached almost the point of just total just... I've, I don't even, I've, I've given up at this point, but I'm going to try to hold out hope for the last 28 minutes and 44 seconds. But now he's going to talk to the young people about abortion. Let's see what he has to say. Let me tell you something, just because you hear about Roe v. Wade, it's way worse now than, Roe, than when Roe v. Wade got reappealed. Here's why. They have literally come out of the cap of hell, and they are going crazy. This is two days ago. A bill now they're trying to force into the states now that they can't have the federal protection. Literally, partial birth abortion, and now, if there's a failed abortion like Jamie Sedgwick through uh, a saline, uh, I mean, through an acid uh, abortion, just listen, just listen, two days ago, just listen. Thank you so much, Senator. Yes, I actually can. Um, as a matter of fact, here in California, there's a law that's about to be passed called AB 2223. And this law basically will allow, as a woman is in the midst of a chemical abortion, and she delivers a baby alive on the floor at any stage of pregnancy or in a hospital, um, that baby, if this law is passed, has the ability to be born alive and left to die after it is born and allowing it to die up to 28 days after birth. Child pornography, they can shut down presidents' Twitters and entire countries and control the North Koreas, of course, and their media and and, and Russia and so on and so forth, but they can't shut, shut down child pornography. Okay. All right, so he did the abortion thing, move on. Now, of course, I believe I'm against abortion, but all right. So he's going to, they can't shut down child pornography, but they can shut down the president's Twitter. Now, you do realize Twitter can shut down anyone's account, right? When you're on someone's platform, they can make rules, right? I I hope they understand that, like, right, we're broadcasting currently on Sermons 2.0 and the Church One app. Our, Our content has to meet their criteria, or in a sense, they could shut us down. They could delete that content. Every platform has a right to determine what is and isn't on their platform. Now, I'm assuming if child pornography shows up on Twitter or if child pornography shows up on Facebook and it's reported, they will remove it and they will shut it down. So it's kind of making a false equivalency here, right? Oh, they shut down. Well, who? They. Twitter shut down the president's uh, Twitter account for violating their rules. Now, you may disagree with their rules, but it's their platform. They can do whatever they want. The President Trump, I'm assuming that's who he's referring to, and his truth social platform, they remove content on their platform. Every platform does it. So I know this, at least in the past. I did a podcast series about the presence of child pornography on Facebook, and then I asked my listeners to help me find it and report it. 
and we removed, we had, I don't remember how many things we got shut down, but it was a, a considerable number where everyone just spent a day working and looking and going and reporting it and reporting it and reporting it. And within 24 hours, everything we reported was removed. So I, that's just like, oh, they went after the president. It wasn't fair, but they don't do anything about child por- pornography. No, no one ever goes to jail for child por- I mean, come on, that's just not true. And it's just funny, while we're on the air doing this, I just received an email. I just received an email, literally as I'm on the air talking about this youth conference, someone just said this. I cannot believe what I was hearing last night. Okay, well, good. I, I'm glad someone was as baffled and confused as I was. My biggest concern is where the parents fit in with this kind of teaching. I agree, but if you remember, what is shocking here is the when we were reviewing the sermons from this youth conference, you had the man tell the story that his parents pawned their wedding rings so that he could go to this youth conference when he was younger. So the parents are not, I mean, they are, they're implicit in this. They're, they're, they, they, they are, you know, contributing to it. They're, they're the ones getting the kids there. Do the parents agree with it or just don't care? Clearly they do. This guy sounds like a parent who tells the kid if they don't go to sleep, the boogeyman under the bed will get them. Since he was on such a, a convoluted music diatribe, diatribe, he should have mentioned Pat Benatar, Hell is for Children. Well, he could have mentioned it. Of course, Hell is for Children, Pat Benatar, very profound song, if you don't know the song. Had a major impact on my life because the song is about uh, children who have suffered child abuse and that hell is for children and it talks about the abuse of a child. The song has a profound impact on my life when uh, I lived through an abusive situation. So, um, but yeah, uh, that would have been, it would have made more sense. He would have at least had a song that had the word hell is for children. And then he could have ripped it completely out of its context and said, see, it's satanic. And Pat Benatar is demon possessed. I mean, Selena, Selena Gomez is demon possessed. Celine Dion is demon possessed. I mean, basically, I don't know who he does. I guess the only person who's not demon possessed is probably him. I, I mean, it's, yeah, it's just crazy. But so he, so he talked about abortion there. Now we're going to continue and see where he's going to go. But it this just this thing is just absolutely crazy. All right, but let, let's see where this is going to go. But this does have that feel, basically like the boogeyman's gonna get you. The boogeyman's gonna get you. The boogeyman's gonna it does have that feel. There's a little bit to not saying that there's certain things he's not warning about that may have a an element of truth. I believe Satan is real, I believe demons are real. I believe that there are bad things in the world. There, 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 there is truth there, but he's taking it, and the way it's being presented is almost like the boogeyman's going to get you. The boogeyman's going to get you. But, but his whole diatribe there about the president getting removed from Twitter is just—it's just logical fallacies, not being consistent, not even not even giving these kids a correct understanding of how it works. Sucking the brains out of little children. The molestation and the pedophilia, the transgender movement, the whole transgender surgery movement, the people behind it are pedophiles. They're acclaimed. The first two men that introduced it, they're pedophiles uh, that, that ought to be given the death penalty or, or in jail. And the politicians and the leaders. Whoa. Okay. Now, now this, this is the thing this sermon has done. He just makes claim after claim after claim after claim after claim after claim. Now, please remember. When you're up there making claims, calling people demon-possessed, saying things about people, if you're not 100% accurate, 
Like Celine Dion basically being demon-possessed or being a Satanist. And we looked up articles and it was like, no, no, no. There was accusations because she made a a line of gender-neutral clothing that she was working with the devil and a Catholic priest made that accusation. And then there's articles going, wouldn't it be cool if she really was a Satanist? And even if she was a Satanist, she wouldn't be worshiping Satan. She would be worshiping herself if she's going with the Anton LaVey form of Satanism. So basically what he's doing in his sermon, he's making accusations in many cases that are absolute false. So from the pulpit, he's bearing false witness. From the pulpit, he's slandering and gossiping about people. From the pulpit. But that's that's okay. That's okay. That's okay. That's okay. So according to him, the people who created transgender surgeries were pedophiles who should get the death penalty. All right? Let's see. Who? I don't, I don't know if he's going to give their names. Who created transgender surgery? Okay. Um, It sees here. It looks like we have the name. Dr. Douglas Alsterhout, I guess is how you say his name, 40 years ago. All right. Oh, and there's a Stanley Biber. All right, so let's go with Stanley Biber first. Stanley Biber. Um, okay, he um, he practiced weightlifting. He tried out for the Olympic team and narrowly missed out. Biber was divorced several times. He raised nine children with the same wife on a ranch outside of Trinidad. He was survived by his wife of 11 months he was survived by seven children, seven stepchildren, 22 grandchildren, and, and including and named some other people. Uh, I don't have anything here of him being accused to be a pedophile. I don't have anything here about him ever being accused or proven to be a pedophile. Nothing. Uh... I have nothing here about him being a pedophile. I mean, that, that's a serious accusation that the man was a pedophile and should be put to death. I, I'm, so, I mean, we would have to do research. But again, these are the things. If the preacher is saying something and it's not true, it is bearing false witness. It is gossip and slander. If you're going to make these accusations, it's up to him to prove it. Like, he, I shouldn't have to prove whether it's true or false. He should be proving whether it's true or false. He's the one making the accusation. So he's teaching young people that you can just bear false witness and gossip and slander about people from the pulpit, and that is acceptable, and that's the Christian thing to do. Now, maybe he's getting ready to prove it, and if he proves it, then okay, great. He's not He's not bearing false witness. Well, the Celine Dion thing is already close. Saying Selena Gomez and Ariana Grande is demon-possessed is pretty cl- already. So he's already come close to crossing that line multiple times. Here may be the most egregious example if these men have never been accused or ever convicted of being a pedophile. Supporting all that are straight-owned from the pit of hell, Lucifer themselves. They need Jesus. We need to turn the world upside down. Do they need Jesus or do they need the death penalty? Because you already said they need to die because they're pedophiles. So, hey, they need to die. Oh, yeah, but they need Jesus. I guess after they die, I don't know. Or 
do they, how about they need someone to speak honestly about them? I, I, I don't know. For Jesus. You know, the, 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 tr- the Secretary of Treasury, I mean, everybody wanted him as president. Matter of fact, people think maybe he will run as president. Pete Buttigieg, he came to Iowa. Here's his husband, Chaston. While we're at youth conference, he's traveling the world doing youth conferences. Check out his conferences. Go ahead. Pledge my heart. I pledge my heart. To the rainbow. To the rainbow. Of the not-so-typical gay camp. Of the not-so-typical gay camp. One camp. One camp. Full of pride. Indivisible, Indivisible. With affirmation and equal rights for all. With affirmation and equal rights for all. Watch your heads. Okay, he's going to go after that here in just a minute. Uh, But I did find that um, January the 19th, 2006, Dr. Stanley, uh, they they did uh, kind of a, a, a program. I won't say a program. They had a segment. On NPR, sex change pioneer Dr. Stanley Biber, it's the obituaries, the king of sex change procedures has died. Dr. Stanley Biber performed uh, more than 500 such operations over more than 30 years. In the process, he turned the tiny town of Trinidad into the sex change capital of the world. And they go through to talk about it. And I don't think there's one thing in here said that he was ever accused of or, con- or condemned of being um, a pedophile. And I don't think any of his children have ever come out to say that they were molested or anything along that. So I'm just saying that uh, the more I keep looking, now he's going after, obviously he's going after the world, the promotion of homosexuality. Okay, well, Whitby. All right. Let's, I, I still don't know really the point of the sermon, but let's continue. We're going to pass out potatoes to make your very own drag tater that you get to take home with you. In my first year in preschool with a class of my own, teaching alongside another preschool neurodivergent educator, and we've preschool. been rocking our two's class. We've been talking about gender and skin color and consent, consent, and empathy, and our bodies and autonomy. Elementary, it's fabulous. But our teaching team is shifting, and a new person is being onboarded. So today at the lunch table, when the topic of gender and genitals came up, one of our students, the topic, plainly looked up and said. Well, I'm a girl today, but I know that Teacher Co. isn't. No, they're Envy. And the look on the incoming teacher's face was priceless. She just looked around at the two of us and said, this class is incredible, and I am so impressed. I mean, the main choir in San Francisco putting out all the songs, that's not a joke. There's Play just a quick clip of the song. Okay, I... I still don't know his point. Uh, The world has, obviously, ideas, philosophies, and promote things that are completely contrary to a biblical worldview. We all got you. We all got you. All right? We we understand that. That's, That's always been that way. Will always be that way. Going all the way back to Genesis, the world has a different perspective, a different morality, a different ideology than those of us who profess Christ. Because our morality and our ideology is supposed to come from Scripture. Okay, so is the point here to simply show the contrast? I I still don't really know the point other than like, look at all this shocking stuff. Look at all this shocking stuff. Look at how bad it is. Is is that the point? Let's just see how he brings this all home. 
that they just came out with. Just a quick clip. Go ahead if you got that on. Highly produced, 50, 60. Let, let me read the lyrics. Thank you, gentlemen. We'll convert your children happens bit by bit, quietly and subtly, and you will barely notice it. And you'll be disgusted when they start learning things online that you kept far from their sight. We'll convert your children. Yes, we will. Reaching one and all. There's really no escaping it. We're coming for them. We're coming for your children. The gay agenda is coming home. The gay agenda is here. And please note, Christians have been saying, we're coming for your children for years. Bus ministry, children evangelism. So, I mean, everyone everyone does that. I mean, now the homosexuals do it. Christians do it. Uh, religions all around try to reach children and give them that ideology. So, I mean, I, I, obviously I disagree with what they're trying to come to, with my, to my children with. I, I completely disagree with it and obviously would teach opposite to it. But I'm not shocked that that's what they want to do or attempt to do. Here, and it goes on, I, I won't read anymore. I mean, all of these gay prides that you might get, be getting sucked into, you don't realize who's funding them and setting them up. Because we're getting so left, the, the lid's finally coming off what a lot of people have been seeing. The tweets are coming out like this one from uh, the Satanic Temple of Idaho. Go ahead and show this tweet. It says, hey, we'll be at Pride in the Park event next Saturday, June 11th. We will have merchandise and performing unbaptisms for those interested. Just know that Satan loves you for you. Hail Satan. Exist louder. Pride in the Park 2022. Hail Satan. So the question is why? The question is why? I must move quickly. Jeremiah 1.5. Before I formed thee in the belly, I knew thee. Before thou camest forth out of the womb, I sanctified thee. I ordained thee a prophet unto the nations. Here's why. Everything that Jesus has, Satan wants. Because Jesus didn't necessarily want it to be the number one Godhead. He just wanted to be Jesus. Which is God, the divinity. Wait, Jesus, Jesus didn't want to be the number one Godhead? He just wanted to be Jesus? Okay, I'm trying to follow that. Okay, I got to back this up. Okay, now, all of the other stuff, he's just trying to find the most shocking stuff in the news to shock the kids, scare the kids. Okay, I got it. I got the game. I, I understand the game, all right? But now, wait, wait, what did you just say? Jesus didn't want to be the number one Godhead. He just wanted to be Jesus. Is he trying to offer some kind of a paraphrase of Philippians? What? Let's. Okay, we got to back that up a little bit. Let, let's see, because now we're getting into, I don't know where this is going. That's why everything that Jesus has, Satan wants, because Jesus didn't necessarily want it to be the number one Godhead. He just wanted to be Jesus. Well, how could he, how could Jesus say, I don't necessarily want to be number one in the Godhead. I just want to be Jesus. What does he mean by that? Like at some point in eternity, Jesus questioned being God. Okay. All right. I, I'm trying to follow this. All right. Let, let's see where he's going to go here. All right. Hang on. Someone just put. All right, someone just said, I, I don't know what he means. Jesus didn't want to be the number one Godhead. Maybe because he humbled himself, so that makes him not the number one. Like, yeah, yeah, I know this. All right, so someone else is <laughs> someone else is like I am right here. All the other stuff, I think we're kind of like, okay, we get it. The whole world is demon-possessed. Okay, 
Now, now all of a sudden that we just have a weird transition here. Like, what is he trying to say? We got to follow this. I, I don't know. I'm a little baffled here by that. I think he's trying to paraphrase a little bit from Philippians, but that sounded odd. Like, like you got to explain yourself. You're now dealing with the Trinity. You're now dealing with the deity of Christ. You're now dealing with the Godhead. You're now dealing with the hypostatic union. You're now dealing with serious theological issues. This is not time for you just to run through it. You you got to stop and go, whoa, whoa, whoa. Okay, well, now we're going to be talking about Christ. What do you mean by this? All right, let's see what he's going to say. Which is God, the divinity, the Trinity. He wanted to be like the most high. So everything that Jesus has, he wants. Jesus came incarnate in the flesh. Satan is here in spirit, but will come incarnate in the flesh as the Antichrist. And so Jesus loves the little children. He designed us. He formed us. He has a calling. He said, let no man despise thy youth, but be thou an example. And he goes on talking about the young people. And Satan says, watch me, watch me. Watch me. Why? Number one, salvation. My son Andrew and Samuel is not yet saved. Satan said, watch me. Watch me. Who is he saying watch me to? Was he saying that to Jesus or God? Watch me. Watch what I'm going. Don't, didn't God already know what he's going to do? Can't God just stop him? Like, all right. I, all right. But okay. All right. So now, so now salvation. So, <laughs> Is it, is it going to paint this picture that God's on the left? We'll put, well, because, you know, we're, we're Christians. God is on the right hand. God's on the right side. Satan is on the left side because, you know, we, we got to do that because, you know, it's 2022, right? So God's on the right side. Satan is on the left side. The individual's in the middle. And both of them are fighting to get the individual saved. Is that... Is that the way this is going to be like oh, Satan does what he can to try to say, no, 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 come over here. Come to the left. Come, come to the dark side. And God's over here saying, no, 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 no. Come here to the right side. And there's this battle for the soul of individuals. Is, is that how salvation works? I, I guess in some Christians' minds, that's the way it works. And God really doesn't have much, he, he's, he has no real power in it. But I thought if you believe in libertarian free will, then the person ultimately makes the decision, right? But I guess then Satan tries to say, no, 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 make the decision for me. And God's like, no, 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 make the decision for me. And, and then you, you, you cast the final vote. Is that the way it works? I don't, I, don't, I don't understand half of what goes on in the, in the minds of Christians sometimes. All right, let's see where he's going to go with this. Every time you're putting off getting saved, it's a dangerous thing because the devil is getting more of you. How shall we uh, uh, escape so great a salvation? Salvation. You Wait. Every time you put off getting saved, Satan gets more of you? If you're not, this has to be full-blown Pelagianism. I don't even know what this is. You already belong to the devil. If you are not saved, you are a child of the devil. You are dead in your trespasses and sins. What do you mean he gets more of you? So if you're offered salvation 15 times and you say no 15 times, Satan now has what, 15% more of you? How much did he have before you said the first no? Did he have 0%? Then he gets 15%? Then you say no 30? So if you say no 100 times, boom, now he has all of you and there's no hope of salvation. 
And now he's running over to Hebrews. What, you know, about neglecting so great a salvation. Obviously, he's not going to put that into any kind of proper context and what that's referring to. What? So I I don't understand. So if does a lost person belong to Satan or not? better get saved today. Number two, programmable. I have a computer. I have a cell phone. It's nothing but a piece of hardware unless somebody puts something into it. Youth leaders, parents, be careful what you're putting into the hardware, the human body, that mind that God gave these young people. And the devil knows God's trying to program you. Well, well, wait a minute. Well, okay. Okay. Now this is full-blown Pelagianism. that, That it's just a piece of hardware until you put something in it. So it's almost like young people are like a blank slate and we got to be careful what we put into them. No, no, no. They're not a blank slate. They're not empty software. They're not empty hardware. I guess you could say it's, they're just not an empty computer board. No, no, no. They are depraved. You don't have to put one thing into your child to get depravity out of them. They are depraved from conception They don't become sinners by the things put into them. Sin comes out of them because they're already sinners. This sermon is literally destroying everything related to biblical theology. This is literally the entire annihilation of a biblical understanding of humanity. We do not become sinners by sinning. We sin because we are sinners. It's not what's put into us because what's our, we already have sin inside of us. He just described basically that you're morally neutral until things are put inside of you. Then sin, no, sin comes from you because it's already inside of you. Oh my goodness. Okay, I got to back this up. I got to back this up. This is horrifying. Okay. I have a computer. I have a cell phone. It's nothing but a piece of hardware. It's nothing but a piece of hardware. So he's now, he's liking this to, to young people. You're nothing but a piece of hardware. You're just morally neutral. You just, you're blank. Unless somebody puts something into it, youth leader. Unless someone puts something into you. Parents, be careful what you're putting into the hardware, the human body, that mind that God gave these young people. And the devil knows God's trying to program you through all of the things that Pastor Wilkerson just talked about. So God's trying to program you. Satan's trying to program you. But Satan doesn't have to try to program you. Because you're already depraved. And, and I, I don't typically see a God as, a, as someone who tries and fails. But I don't know. What do I know? And the devil says, I want to get ahead of him what I can get into your ears. Number three, specific purpose and calling. My son Aaron is 12. He hasn't been called yet. I have. He hasn't been. Well, uh, someone is confessing that their kids did not start lying until I taught them to. Well, I mean, the person speaking, the person posting that comment is from Indiana, so I, I can understand. You probably uh, started teaching your kids lying very early on. Okay, I'm joking, I'm joking. But no, that yeah, that's basically what he's saying. Your kids didn't start lying until you taught them to lie. Your kids didn't start becoming selfish until you taught them to be selfish. Your kids didn't start sinning until you taught them to sin. 
You, you every day for homeschool, you're like, all right, kids, today we're going to learn this. This is called anger. Oh, today you're going to walk around the house and scream and throw a fit and you're going to, this is called selfishness. Make sure you don't share your toys today, kids. Okay. And this is called disrespect. When your father comes up here and asks you what you're doing, you tell them, shut up and go away. Okay. And this is, okay. And yeah, that, no, that's not the way it works. That's the way he just taught it. Be careful what you put in on that hardware. Be careful. Be careful. Because that hardware is just blank. This is full-blown Pelagianism. This is not even, this is not even pretending to be semi-Pelagianism. This destroys the entire biblical view of humanity. It destroys the entire view of depravity. Destroys everything. So if you'll just teach your kids the right thing. They'll do the, if you can teach your kids the right thing, right? And then keep, uh, you know, don't let them listen to the wrong music. Don't let them watch the wrong movies. Keep them away from the wrong kids. Don't send them to the public school. Don't let them go anywhere. Cut off all internet, cut off all television, cut off all radio. Just just let them hear hymns and just let them hear all the good stuff. Boom. They won't even need salvation. They're going to be great kids because nothing bad was put onto the hardware. And I still don't understand why Cain killed Abel. This is some. And you, you, you may ask, so what do young people need to be taught how to get out of these kinds of churches? That's what they need to be taught. Because this is just, this is not even historical biblical Christianity. What we're hearing here is the preaching of something that is other than. Shown a, a specific path yet. I have. If the devil can stop him before he ever does whatever it is that God has for him to do, the devil wins. Number four. All right, see? So God, God has this plan. I want you to do this, but Satan can stop it from happening, and then Satan wins. So really, there's a cosmic battle. There's Satan versus God, and you're the pawn. You're on the chessboard, and you're, and God's like, I want to move him to B4 or to however you mark out a chess board. It's been a long time since I played chess. All right. To, you know, to, to what, where, however you move this, I want to get, I want to get this pawn from this part of the chess board all the way to the other part of the chess board, right? Or we can use checkers, whatever, whatever board you want to use. We'll use a football field. I'm going to get you from one side of the football field to the other. That's God's plan, right? But Satan's like, nope, nope, going to stop it, going to stop it. And if God, if Satan can stop God from getting me the pawn, from one point to point A to point B, then Satan wins. So I'm just a pawn in a cosmic war. God has my his plan, Satan has his plan, and whoever can stop, if Satan can stop God's plan, Satan wins. Can Satan stop God's plan ever? This is destroying, not only is this, this is, full-blown Pelagianism, this is literally destroying the sovereignty of God. Or five years, how many years do you have that Brother Lapina doesn't have or Pastor Wilkerson doesn't have? Next, influence. Every great revival was started by a young person. Look at... Okay, someone just asked, so then the, the belief is if we pray harder for someone, God will fight harder for that person. I guess that's where they would go with that. I, guess, I don't know. I mean, this is so, I don't know what this is. 
But I think that's what would come with it. Hey, see, we got to pray. We got to pray harder. Come on, God, fight harder for this person. Satan's going to stop it. They're on the 50 yard line. They're come on, come on, come on. We got God. We got to get them to the, we got to get them to, we got to get them to a touchdown. Come on, come on, come on, God, please, please help, help, help. We got to do this. And then if the more we pray, then God will work. And then boom, we win and Satan loses. You lose Satan. But, but, oh, wait, wait, right almost to the touchdown. Boom, Satan tackles you. You, Satan wins. I mean, it's, it's ridiculous the way this is being described. And you say, well, you're making it sound absurd because it is, okay? It is. I have to use absurd language to try to capture what he's really saying. But he's going through this so quickly. I, I don't even, I guess what he's trying to tell the young people is Satan is out to try to stop you. Satan is out to try to stop you. Satan's out. He's, he's there. So don't let Satan stop you. Don't let Satan, Satan stop you. Because if you let Satan stop you, then Satan wins. But so wait, make sure we understand this. God can't stop Satan, but I can. <laughs> Satan can literally stop God's plan from happening by stopping me. But yeah, I mean, the whole thing, the whole thing begins to fall, fall apart. All right, let's continue. Up, study at the Welsh Revival, the Great Awakenings. It was young people getting on fire for God, and God used them to start a revival. And then, of course, messing others up. If you are not right with God, I saw a group of boys walking around at the fireworks last night. They're not at the conference. They haven't been at the conference. And my heart was broken as I looked into their eyes and I said to my wife, I said, something's not right. I didn't know those boys weren't living for God, but I can look in their eyes. There was four or five boys and they just kind of showed up uh, for the fireworks and my heart broke for those young men. I saw that they were there as a group and I said, oh God, help them not to mess anybody else up. You could just look in their eyes and knew that they weren't right with God. That's pretty good, man. I wish I could just look into the eyes of people and know they're not right with God. Yeah, that's... That's a spiritual gift right there, I guess. Uh, wow. And I hope they don't mess anyone up. They don't mess anybody up. They, they All right, okay. I must... Hasten, let's look really quick and boil it all down to what he uses. Number one, he tries to destroy you young people with the spirit of resentment and rejection. The spirit of God is love and reception. Satan was rejected from heaven. So he caused Adam and Eve to be rejected from the Garden of Eden. He caused Cain to be rejected from God. That's why he killed Abel. He was of his father, uh, the, Satan. Uh, Cain was. And he had a spirit of resentment and rejection. Thank you, Sarah, for that song. I wept in the back and said, thank God that you don't have a spirit of resentment and rejection. Isaac and Ishmael, the Arabs, and, and the rest of the world today. Joseph's brothers felt rejected. Evolution in the schools out of the pit of hell is nothing but a design by Satan to say, you're nothing more than a monkey. There is no afterlife. There's no nothing. You are rejected. I was in a jump park, one of these bounce houses with my son and my children, and, and it, all these bounce houses are geared towards his age. And I said, what is this music uh, that's playing? It wasn't loud enough that we were going to leave, but I just thought, I just don't like because music's so powerful and it can get in your brain and it can go with you and you don't even cognitively know the words. It's it's Satan's injection of drug. So I just said, oh boy. Okay, so so now it's back to music. Everything goes back to me. Everything goes back to music. Music is, oh, I'm, I'm trying to follow this stuff. I am trying to follow this stuff. I am trying to follow this stuff. 
I am trying to follow. So, so I, it sounds like basically, even if you're a Christian, Satan can literally destroy you and, and, and Satan can get you. So the, the, the salvation and the spirit of God in you, I guess, can only protect you. So I don't, I don't, I'm, I'm just trying to follow all of this. All right. All right. We're going to go to the music thing, the music thing. All right, here we go. It's going to be some really, all right. See, when I started, I was pausing. I was hitting, I was hitting stuff and I was, I told you I was trying to stop myself from doing this. Okay, here we go. Here we go. Hey Siri, what song is playing right now? You know Shazam will pull, pull that up. And these were the words. Go ahead and just play a quick clip of it. Now wait a minute, wait a minute, wait a minute. Okay, so I'm trying to understand. He can use the internet. He can have an iPhone. He can have the Shazam app, app to know what song is playing. But I guess the young people shouldn't have access to anything. I, I don't know. All right, but so what song? What song is this? Let me see. Let's see what song it is. Here we go. What, what's what's the song? All right, here we go. This is what, and they're jumping all the little kids. And all the little kids. Popular song, top song. This is this year, not long ago. Okay, thank you. These are the words. This is this is what my 12-year-old son was hearing. Hey, Dad, look at me. Think back and talk to me. Did I grow up according to plan? And did, do you think that I'm wasting my time doing things I want to do? But it hurts when you disapprove all along. And now I, I try hard to make it. I just want to make you proud. I'm never going to be good enough for you. Can't pretend that I'm all right. And you can't change me because we lost it all. Nothing lasts forever. I'm sorry. I can't be perfect. Now it's just too late. And we can't go back. I'm sorry. I can't be perfect. I try not to think about the pain I feel inside. Did you know that you used to be my hero? All the days you spent with me now seem so far away, and it feels like you don't care anymore, and now I try hard to make it. I just want to make you proud. I'm never going to be good enough for you. I can't stand another fight, and nothing's all right. Nothing's going to change the things you said. I can't be perfect, and let me tell you something. This isn't one song. Okay, okay, okay. Just just start yelling about the lyrics. Calm down, man. How about trying to interpret the lyrics? Doesn't this just sound like a song acknowledging a possible problem between a father and a son? Like what what's so what's so evil about that? It's a song about a broken relationship. <gasps> oh no! No, 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 we can't have that. Well, what is so evil about that? And he's just he's just yelling the lyrics like like these are evil. Like what what was so bad about the song? Someone just asked or said in in the uh, chat. He talks about them getting right with God, but has anyone in this conference helped these kids understand how to get right with God? Yeah, don't listen to music. <laughs> okay, D don't have TikTok. Don't uh, uh, get married. Okay, right. <laughs> I, I, I guess that's about it. Get married. You got to get married because you're never going to be happy. You're never going to be content. You're never going to be anything until you get married. But don't look for it. Let's see. Uh, I guess don't date. Um, don't have TikTok. Don't use Instagram. Uh, don't listen to music. And don't go to the movies. And, oh, stay away from Disney. That's how you get right with God. I, I, that's, and I'm, I'm not joking, but what was that not? He's just yelling those lyrics. Like, but the lyrics he's reading, what is wrong with that song? It's a song dealing with the broken relationship between father and son. I, I, I mean, there's never any, 
I, I mean, I, I guess any story about a broken, any novel, any movie, any TV show that talks that shows a story about broken relationship between a parent and a child is evil. Five songs or 10 songs or 10 million songs. It is so deceptively integrated into the music that we as our little teenagers, I once was not long ago, we are not discerning enough in our own flesh as the prodigal to see what Satan is doing to us. That's why we need to listen. That's why we need to surrender. That's why we need to cry out to God and say, greater is he that is in me than he that is in the world. Greater is he that is in me than he that is in the world. Your entire sermon is that that's not the case. Satan can destroy you. Satan can kill you. Satan can have a song playing on the radio about a broken relationship with a father. And that's the end of you. You're going to be done. Satan's going to get you. But now he's saying, hey, greater is he that is in you than he that is in the world. Which, which is it? And how is that song bad? I, I don't... I don't understand what was so bad about the song. Oh, I am so confused. So now if you listen to a song, he didn't quote any obscenity. He didn't bleep out any obscenity. The song simply dealt with the struggle, pain of a possible bro- broken, sh- broken relationship between a father and son. And now that's evil. That's demon possessed. That's satanic. You know how many stories have been written in the history of humankind about broken relationships? I, I, all those stories are bad. All those stories are wrong. I, I don't. Okay. All right. We got to bring this to an end. We got to bring this to an end. This is insane. I'm so trying to figure out. Look, he's got 18 minutes. I am begging. I'm pleading. I know it's already happened, so it's no point in begging and pleading. But I'm hoping. I'm hoping that somehow this is going to turn around. And then he's going to just come out with like pure spiritual gold in the last 15 minutes of this. Here we go. And the brokenness in this room, Chester Bennington was with Linkin Park, one of the biggest music groups up until 2017. Literally millions of this generation and just maybe even a few years older than you, more so, but many still in this room followed Chester Bennington and Linkin Park. Uh, he, he talks about all his fans. Man, they get in their cars, they drive down the road, and they listen to his music, and it helps them. Just listen to a quick testimony I'll real quick. I'll read a letter that they write me, and if it's something like that, you know what I mean? I'll go talk to him and tell him everything's all right. You know, sometimes, you know, um, a lot of, in a lot of cases, our kids write us and they really open up to us and tell us a lot of things that they want to talk about to their closest friends and their family. And And I think they do that because they probably think that we might not read it or if we do, you know, they probably won't see us again or something and they want to come to you know, Who knows what the process is behind it. But, see, the guy's trying to talk. He's talking over the guy. Satan, Satan says, come to me. Satan says, come to me in the music. Satan says, come to me in the movies. Look, look, hey, to this preacher, if you, if you ever hear this, call me. I I can help you find some better music to use to prove your point. I I, I can help you, right? I mean, mean, we we could pull up the metal band Ghost. I mean, whoa, that would probably, he'd probably have a conniption and a heart attack and, and pass out if he saw uh, anything from the band Ghost. Okay, which obviously they overhyped the whole satanic connection, or they did in their previous albums. I think the last album wasn't so much. Well, I mean, we could go there, but like, so he's just saying, 
All this, all he's saying is that children, that young people write him and share a lot of things they may not share with their parents. Maybe they don't think the band will ever read the letter. Maybe it's just a way. And but he's, but then the the pastor's whispering, Satan, Satan is saying, come, come to me and my music, come to me, come to me. Okay, let's see if he'll let the guy actually talk. Here, here we go. Um, come to me. You know, a lot of cases these kids really open up to us, and that's special. That's something special. special that they feel like our music helps them through that, and that, yeah. or like knowing that I've that that's happened to me, yeah, and we all have hard seeing time. that you know, you know, I can still be a happy guy yeah. with my family, and we can you know, smile hang out with my friends. I can go to my work. I don't go to church anymore. I don't go to youth group. I don't go to youth conference anymore. Why is he talking over the guy? The guy is not saying any of those things. Why is he saying, why is he trying to make this guy sound like he's saying something sinister and evil? And he's just saying, young people reach out to us and we try to, and, and, and we, we think that that's awesome. Like, well, what, what is the guy saying that's so sinister or evil? This is complete misrepresentation of what the guy says. Yes, yes. Come to me. You don't have to go to church anymore. Yes. You don't have to go to youth group anymore. The guy has not said one of those words. Let the man speak for himself or I could do that to you. I could do that to you. I could play your sermon and go, what he's really saying is that Jesus doesn't exist. What he's really saying is that God is not real. He's lying. He's preaching the Bible, but he doesn't mean the Bible. Um, And not destroy myself in the process. Go ahead and and show his his concert. Here's his concert. There's no drums. Come on, preacher. Who cares if one more light goes out? I do. What what is what are you complaining about? What is wrong with the? Is there something about this particular song that they're doing? Is there something particular bad about a group understanding that young people reach out to them for help and and sharing their emotion? What I don't understand what the sinister plot is here. And I listen to this song, but you listen to the songs. These young people go in droves like that place in Texas where many, many died and Satan's moving in and out. I can feel the spirit. Listen. What I, what is, what is happening? What in the world is, this is like someone like unraveling and it's like someone's having a mental breakdown and just like, okay, the song is bad. Satan, demons, Satan, demons, everything is bad. Like, man, what is going on? I, I, I just got to finish this. Come on, culture! Come on, America! Who cares if one more light goes out? Say, are you gonna? I'll put it out. And that night, that night that you're looking at, thank you, that night he went and committed suicide. On the birthday, on the birthday 
of his best friend who committed suicide. The band said, Dear Chester, our hearts are broken. The shockwaves of grief and denial are still sweeping through our family as we come to grips with what has happened. You touched so many lives, maybe even more than you realized. In the past few days, we've seen an outpouring of love and support, both public and private, from around the world. World. Talking with you about the years ahead together, your excitement was infectious. Your absence leaves a void that can never be filled. A boisterous, I believe that, funny, ambitious, creative, kind, generous. I wish we could have gotten to Chester. A generous voice in the room is missing. It's hanging from a rope dark and depressed, snuffed out. We're trying to remind ourselves that the demons who took you away from us were always a part of the deal. After all, it was the way you sang about those demons that made everyone fall in love with you in the first... Oh, it's just talking about uh, alcohol. Yeah, they call it spirits for a reason. Oh, you're just talking about drugs and suicide. Yeah, what causes that? Every 40 seconds, a young person is committing suicide. Spirit of resentment and rejection because something bad happened in your life. And you feel pushed back. I, I, I don't even understand the logic here. All right, One More Light by Lincoln Park. I, I, you, you can, I mean, the song, I, and yes, the, 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 guy, the guy from Lincoln Park killed himself. It was sad, but suicide happens. I, I, I don't really understand. You know, pastors have killed themselves. Yeah, I, I, I know Christians have killed themselves. I know. I know people will argue no Christian would ever try to commit themselves. That is just try to kill themselves. That's just not true. Um, that's just not true. I, 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 I don't really understand what his point is here other than to attack the individual who committed suicide, to attack Lincoln Park, to attack and everything. He, I, well, I don't understand what he, he's attempting to do here. You've been molested, you've been touched, or maybe you yourself have done something you shouldn't do, and you have a spirit of resentment and rejection. How, how would he try to destroy a conference of 50 years, Brother Judah? How would he try to shut it down so millions of people couldn't be reached? Would he burn the, the thing down? Would he just cause everybody to resign or, or go home? Or would he, right after a youth conference when people were here, would he cause a young lady to be hurt and thousands of teenagers to go and run? That's what he does in a place like this, to hurt generations of young people. It was the young generations that Satan was after. Secondly... It's a spirit of deception. I'm, I'm, I'm almost finished. I'm, I'm moving quickly. Spirit of deception. Eve was deceived in the garden. Every time you watch the world's entertainment, unless it's truly glorifying the Lord, you're being deceived. The devil will take you down the whole... I guess the whole point of this message is that music is bad. I, I, I guess that's the whole point of this. Music is bad other than the music that they tell you you can listen to. I, I guess that's the point of this entire sermon, I, I guess. I way of pleasure and promise to guard your door as you have a good time and right at your worst moment. Will he not? He'll yank the door open. We saw that happen here. When he can do the most damage 
and hurt young people. He yanked the door open. Alice Cooper brought more people to hell. Drugs, alcohol, suicide. Listen to his testimony. Spirit of deception. It's not a big deal. Just Alice Cooper. Hey, let, let's let's go back to Beethoven. I mean, I mean, like, I mean, we're gonna go back to ancient history. But okay, all right. Alice Cooper. Alice Cooper. He he brought more people to hell. Yeah. Okay. All right. Here. Here. Oh my goodness. All right. Here we go. Just here to have fun. Go ahead and show that. You know, I'm the prodigal son, for one thing. I, I am the perfect example of the prodigal Wicked son. Wicked man. Uh, my dad was a pastor. My grandfather was an evangelist. Actually, both my dad and my grandfather were evangelists. And uh, my wife's father is a Baptist pastor. So I grew up in the church, and I was... All of my friends were church kids. I had so much fun. I mean, I was in church on Sunday, Wednesday night, uh, Friday nights. I mean, it was... It, all my social life was based around kids in the church. And um, and that was great. And it got to high school, and all of a sudden, the Beatles came out. And I went, oh, well, that's kind of, you know, and I was a natural mimic anyway. fun. Not a big so deal. So I watched the Beatles, and I said, well, that would be fun to do. Being in a hit band with hit records. Listen to this. And is getting as big as we got is like winning the lottery about three times. It just doesn't happen. You know, we were definitely the underdogs in the whole thing. And we kept going, well, we're never going to make it. This is fun, you know, to do this. And then we'll go get real jobs. Deceived and being bigger, deceived. And bigger and bigger. And all of a sudden, there we were. Yeah. Thank you so much. Satan's design is a spirit of lustful. T- so he was deceived because he wanted to make music and have a hit record. I Okay. All right. So so don't don't pursue music because that's deception. Okay, I got I got you. I think I got you. Or, or don't listen to the Beatles because that's deception. I I I am I'm, I'm trying to figure it all out. Temptation. Proverbs 7 says, I beheld among the simple ones, I discerned among the youths, a young man void of understanding. Many times Satan deceives us in a spirit of lustful temptation because uh, we do not realize, because we're not maybe listening as we should, that God is designing our bodies, young men, as we hit a certain age and stage where we begin to be attracted to the opposite sex. And that attraction is for a wife to have a godly seed and to save the world. And it is to be ravished only and always on her love. And so we go through this training time where we're looking, as Brother Ross preached about, for that one. And when we don't listen, we're deceived and we're spreading it out everywhere. In sex and fornication and pornography, all of the major sports industries in the world, the billions they make, doesn't touch the hem of the garment of what the porn industry makes in America alone. Combined. Young ladies, you don't realize the desire, the the need for attention. The Bible says in Genesis, and the desire for the woman will be for her husband. God has a desire for you to want guys to look at you and say. The desire for the husband there is a desire to control. It's a desire to rule over. What what are you talking about? Like if you're going to quote scripture, could you at least try to deal with it in some meaningful way? 
Say you're pretty and notice you. And the spirit of deception, guys, when you will let your eyes go wherever they want to go. And ladies, you'll allow your mind and your emotions and your relationships. The devil knows how to do it. We're falling in to succumb. We're succumbing to Satan's devices. Satan's design is also a spirit of rebellion. Rebellion is as the sin of what? If you say no tonight, Lucifer's sitting beside you. If you say no tonight... Satan is sitting beside you. Okay, let me make it very clear. He's not sitting beside you because he's not omnipresent. Satan can only be in one place at one time unless you just turned him into God. He's working on you and with you. Any rebellion, any disobedience to parents, just read in the Bible what they did, what God said to do with rebellious people. Number five is design on young people is a spirit of confusion. And that's the last spirit of confusion. And my wife talked about this. Yeah, the spirit of confusion. Your entire youth conference has done nothing but produce the spirit of confusion because it's convoluted nonsense. Blessed old book. He will try to confuse you. Confusion is the precursor, the little brother that grows up into doubt. We can have faith in everything else, but people doubt their salvation. They doubt God. They doubt love. They doubt their whole reason for even being here. We're having a movement now of young people who sit on these platforms. They're not one Bible men anymore or ladies anymore. And they're deceiving and they're trying to draw in. They don't want grandma and grandpa. By the way, they're not trying to reach my dad. That's why they'll easily make fun of him for busting a television, which he tried to tell us. They're not after my dad. They're after you. They will slaughter us faster than they can drop a hat and they'll drop the hat, but they want you. He busted a television. Like, what are you trying? So he broke a television? It is, is okay. I, I. You. Either we have a Bible, I'm speaking to the English-speaking people here, uh, the King James Bible, uh, we have a Bible we can trust that you can hold in your hand that's perfect from cover to cover, just like God promised the preservation of the saints. Thank God for the preservation of His Word. And Paul was telling Timothy, you can trust your Bible. The Bible that Paul was telling Timothy about was a copy of a copy of a copy. By the way, uh, thank God for the translation of the New Testament. A ton of, a bunch of, much... I wouldn't say much. Scripture in the New Testament was translated from the Old Testament. Paul even said, hey, Jesus spoke to me on the road to Damascus. And in the Hebrew tongue, he said, and Paul wrote it originally in the Greek. Thank God for the preservation of a translation. Because the originals don't exist anymore. Not one of them did. Do. The original was what God wrote uh, 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 through John on the Isle of Patmos. And Moses had, it doesn't exist. There is not one original today. We have a copy of a copy of a copy that God promised that he could, would preserve. And thank God it's all compiled right here. Thank God for that. But let me tell you something. I, I have friends in the music industry and even in the southern gospel world. And I know good people in that industry. But, but like my wife said, a lot of them, they, they don't have a Bible within 10 miles of that concert. And they don't believe you can hold a Bible in their hand when they say, oh, I believe all versions. You can't hold it. It's just Jesus is the word. The clip goes on to say that I'm about ready to show you.
Yeah. And this conference, I guess y'all have the scriptures that you don't read, that you don't preach, that you don't teach, that you misinterpret, that you ignore, that you... Okay, but all right. He is, but he also gave us the written word. It's called scripture to scribe. Listen to this clip really quick, quick and the deception in it, and we'll be finished. The Message Bible. If you lay them side the Message Bible is out of the pit of hell. You know, I, I really that think you. they will help you understand the KJV. Absolutely. By the way, pause. By the way, pause. I preached this message two weeks ago, and the Message Bible got online and mocked me. The, I mean, the actual company. Go ahead, play it again. The one and only. You know, there's the NLT, there's the NIV, and, and the thing, all of them. And, but, but the thing is, none of them are the Word of God. None of them are the Word of God. There's a spirit of deception to say you don't have anything you can trust. You can stand upon the Word of God. The greatest thing out of salvation, accepting Jesus Christ as your personal Savior, accepting this book as the Word of God. It's true from cover to cover. You can trust it. I have no idea what the actual point of this sermon is. I really don't. Because it was supposed to be about Revelation 12. He abandoned that within three seconds. We went on an absolute wild, crazy ride of Satan involved in everything. It, I thought the message of the, of the uh, sermon was music is bad. But now he's abandoned that. Now we're talking about translation issues. And just like in a couple of minutes trying to, I, I don't know what he's trying to convince the young people of. I, I don't know. I, I don't know. Just don't use the Message Bible, I guess. I, I guess that's, the, or don't use any other translation. I guess this is a, a little promotion of KJV only. I, I guess, I, I don't know anymore what's going on in this sermon. Let me tell you, I don't know what you're going to do. Brother Abdel's going to preach tonight and, 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 and he's going to pick up where I left off, okay? And I got to be done. Let me just say this, Satan is very real. I don't want to make this about me. I don't want to be narcissistic at all. But I have seen any time that God has brought this message to me, I'd much rather preach other things. But every time there's spiritual warfare. If I could tell you. Hear that little subtle manipulation. God brought the message to me. God brought the message to me. God brought the message to me. That is code for you don't, don't reject my message. Don't question my message. God gave me my message. I'm telling you, I should have been using that for the first time I ever ever preached a sermon. God gave me the message. God gave me the message. God gave me the message. How dare you disagree? How dare you disagree? How dare you disagree? But, it, yeah. All right, let's continue. Man, this is for five minutes left. The things that happened in preparation for this thing. I mean, we, we've lived in our house. I grew up there. A tree fell right where our son is sleeping, right onto our bedroom, onto our house. I'm walking in, we're praying, I'm trying to get people to pray because I know Satan hates this as we're revealing, and, and my little daughter, Hannah's here, and she's the sweetest little girl, she loves pets, the sweetest thing in all the world. My daughter Hannah has been bottle feeding a sheep, she has one little lamb, one little lamb, it's the cutest thing, his name is Boots. Our whole family loves Boots. The alleys were there. They've seen Boots goes free. He runs all over the yard. Cutest little sheep. Bottle fed it from a lamb. As I'm getting out of the car right there, my wife gets a phone call. My wife starts crying for my daughter. My daughter's in the back seat. I get out. I said, what's going on? I'm coming in here to preach. She said, Boots just fell over dead. I opened the back door and I said, Hannah, I'm so sorry. I had to tell her because she, she said, Dad, what's going on? I said, Hannah, Boots just passed away. What is happening? What? Okay, so 
God gave you the message, and whenever God gives you the message, then Satan does bad things to your family. Because obviously God can't protect your family from any of this. And Hannah just starts weeping and crying uncontrollably. And it broke my heart, it crushed my heart, but I was able to walk in here, Pastor Wilkerson. And you can say that's spooky and coincidence. I don't know if it's not, only God knows. But what I can tell you is this. I'd rather my daughter have to cry over boots passing away than losing her virginity, than pumping into her ears, than dying, than seeing her dad die, her mom die, this generation go to hell because somebody didn't listen to the preaching and stand up and do what is right. For our invitation, can I have an invitation? It'll be about four minutes. I keep asking him if it's okay on time. For our invitation, I want to hear the voice of Brother Bobby Robertson. He was in here and got honored all that. He's a spiritual grandfather to me. I got to ride with him many times, talk to him, be in his home. I want you to listen to his voice and then listen to a song that was written for the Our Time Conference. And I want you to listen to words and if God spoke to you, I want you to come to the altar. Heads bowed and eyes closed. Just listen. And Come to the altar for what? Come to the altar for what? There's no gospel presentation. What are you coming to the altar for? Because you listen to bad music? Yeah, you come to the altar because you use the message Bible? Like, I don't even understand what you're coming to the altar for. When it's finished, uh, turn myself off too quick. Pastor Wilkerson and Brother Judah will come and do as they see fit. Listen carefully to the words of this old saint of God and let it speak to you. We need some Lester Roy. We need some old Bob Jones seniors. We need some Harold Sightlers. Those men, God used them to encourage this poor little country preacher. And have some sappy. Oh, man. There you have it. I'm not even going to play the whole invitation. Just I I don't even understand really what what is happening at this point. I don't know what the point of the sermon was. It was supposed to be Revelation 12. That got abandoned. It was supposed to be about Satan. Then it turned into music. Then it turned into everyone in the world is satanically possessed. That TikTok is evil. That it's demonically possessed. That Satan will kill you. Satan is out to get you. Satan wants to destroy you. Satan will stop you and then he will win. But then somehow God is greater than... God is greater than he that is in the world. I I don't know. Um, The message Bible is bad. Um, Did I miss anything? I I don't know. I I don't know. I guess if you you lose your virginity, that's the end of everything. Then I I guess you're destroyed. You're ruined. You're finished. I guess you go to hell if you lose your virginity. I don't know. I don't even understand half of what just took place. It was just... So what does the young per- person take from that? Music is bad. Satan will kill me. And don't lose my virginity and don't use the message Bible, I guess. I, I, and I guess just the girls are the only ones who can't lose their virginity because, you know, that, 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 then they're really destroyed, I guess. I, oh, wow. How does a young person process that? What is how does a young person who grows up in that what 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 becomes of them? What becomes of a young person who's brought up in that world of Christianity? What kind of 
damage and scars and psychological trauma do you carry with you the rest of your life? There was no hope. There was no gospel. There was no Christ. There was no forgiveness. There was no, there was, there was no theology. There was no doctrine. Very little Bible made some weird comment about when it says the woman's desire will be for her husband and he will rule over her. Completely misrepresented what that even means. Didn't even bother to look at it. Oh, we've got, yeah, remember, we got children who, the the children are eaten by bears in the Bible. They were supposedly demon-possessed, even though the scripture doesn't imply that. I don't even know what that was. I mean, you, you talk about reach the end of a sermon review and you are just literally dumbfounded, baffled, confused, perplexed. This is one of the this is one of the most bizarre things I've ever heard in my it's not it's 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 even it's not even so it's not even easy. I mean now some of the and then oh yeah he made all kinds of accusations towards people that we don't even know is true about doctors claiming that they're pedophiles and I can't find any evidence of that. So there was bearing false there, this is just a, a a an abomination is almost what this was. It's one thing to review a sermon like, okay, because I love doing that. Here's their interpretation. Here's my interpretation. It's not even about criticizing their interpretation. It's just about here's mine. So when we review, everyone can go, oh, I got to hear two different perspectives on Scripture. I couldn't even offer a perspective on Scripture because he never even actually handled the Scriptures. All I can do is just say, that's what's going on in some churches in the United States of America in 2022. And a youth conference that they claim is one of the most influential in the world, or at least in the United States of America. I'm just trying to process what, like, what would, what would the young, like, if they had, if they carried a notebook, if they carried a notebook and they took notes, what would their notes look like on that? I don't, I don't know. I, I'm just going to have to stop. I guess there's supposed to be one more message, but remember some of these messages are out of, they're out of order. Um, I will look if there is one more, we will review it. Not because I want to, but I want to see the official end of the conference or hear the official end of the conference. I guess all I can say is what is what is what's going on in your church in the youth department? What is the young people actually being taught? Just moralism? Just kind of a theistic, moralistic I mean, what 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 what's going on? I mean, are is is it is it just morality and do's and don'ts? Do they learn the scriptures? Do they learn how to interpret the scriptures, how to study the scriptures? Do they know doctrine? Do they know theology? Do they know church history? Do they actually even know the gospel? Do they even actually understand human depravity? You can email me your thoughts about this. Newsifyahoo.com. Newsifyahoo.com. Oh, and I guess Lincoln Park, One More Lights is, One More Light is a bad song. I yeah, um, I don't even know anymore. I'm going to check my email really quick just to see if I got any more. No, I didn't get any more. All right. Newsif at yahoo.com. Newsif at yahoo.com. I'm going to make sure nobody 
has said anything. No one else has said anything in the live chat. So I think everyone is just probably just utterly perplexed right now. Newsif at yahoo.com. Newsif at yahoo.com. This possibly is the last message in our series on teaching youth in 2022. I hope you've been given some insight into what's going on in certain asp- in certain parts of the world of Christianity, and hopefully you're frightened by it, bothered by it, discouraged by it, depressed by it, and are committed to trying to keep children from ever experiencing it. Thanks for listening. God bless.